Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing good. Real good. Busy, but good. You been uh, working on anything? You're still kind of down for the count with your uh, side oh, pain. sick as a dog today, but uh. Uh, no, this week has been uh, eventful. Yeah? Had one of the rock trucks roll over onto our property. Oh, wow. 12 rocks, 17,000 pounds. Wow. What, what are they use the rocks for? Like it's uh, they sell it as uh, architectural rock. Oh, okay. Is so is it cut like really really square, or are they just random boulders out of the ground? Are they busting it off like on a quarry or what? They um, these larger ones come out in just enormous slabs. I have one uh, back uh, behind the workshop. It's humongous. It's the size of a old Lincoln Continental. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, they have a, they call it a crusher. It's like a guillotine. Um, it has uh, like four or five sections to it. Put the rock in it, comes down hydraulically, breaks it into sections. Hmm. But they also have small uh, architectural rock, like in its it goes from white to blue, hmm. depending on what part of the big hole you're in. Yeah. And I have gray on my chimney. They have the stacked rock. Oh wow. Around the uh, cinder block. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a stacked fieldstone. Uh, it's really beautiful. Oh, that sounds cool. And then in the front of the house, as a sidewalk, I have a very unsafe. Uh, Enormous boulder sidewalk, but hmm. I had to fill them in. And they didn't put them even with one another, like on a level plane. Yeah, yeah. I'm mad to grind one of them. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't want to, but insurance, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I'm going to have to get some, like, play sand and grout between them. Yep. Hmm. That sounds cool. Before my elderly dog. Twist his leg again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking of grout, I got a bunch of bathroom work coming up here. Not really looking forward to it, but. Well, hey, you know, it's for the best. Yep. It's got to get done. It's like the honeydew list that <laughs> you've been living in the house for like four years now. And yeah, it's, it actually feels good to be getting this stuff done. Like our kitchen, like the backsplash we did. I'm, I'm, every day I'm like. Man, that looks so much better than just painted drywall. Why didn't I do this before? You know, but whatevs. So we got uh, three showers to tile and then one just to do the accent tiles. So the one is, a uh, it had a shower insert and I just got to do, you know, the trim tile around that. So that'll be an easy job. But, you know, I would hire somebody to do the tile work, but it's a, a couple, I don't know, I'd say 10 years ago, I did this Schluter system for my parents. I did three bathrooms of theirs. And then 
because that's kind of the finicky work that's that takes a long time and you got to make sure it's done right um and that's what like tile guys don't like doing that they like laying tile and so i did this stuff and then we hired the tile work done apparently these guys were good they came out and man they, they didn't do an amazing job they were fast but when i look at it i'm like ah oh, this doesn't quite line up or like this one tile must have just got away on you as as the rest of them were setting like oh the reason they don't hire it out is because i'm nervous that they won't do it as good as i want it done and the kind of the pain with that is that they're efficient they'll they know what they're doing they do it day in day out it's gonna take it takes me probably 10 times longer but it'll be done really really well and there's probably a just a small handful of craftsmen out there that could do it to where i would be happy with it that are still like 10 times faster than me because they're skilled at their work and experience and they care, right? But those guys are all taken up by like the big developers and those guys don't have room in their schedule to take my little two shower jobs, you know? It's like, hey, it's like, no, sorry, dude. I'm, I'm booked up for next 10 houses with this developer. So that's, that's the pickle I'm in right now. Anybody that's available is prob probably not very good. Well, you, <laughs> you know I, I think mean? you've got the... The 50 percentile guys, and those are the every everyday normal Joe that comes in, and there's always one one or two tiles that are farther out than the rest, a little crooked. <clears throat> then you got the 75 or 80 percentile guys in skill, and those are the developer guys. Yeah, that you know they they drive the brand new F350s, and they all look like they're successful. Yeah. they're making they're making bank, but they're not the best. Yeah. Then you got the best, and they're putting tile in you know, on uh, in Manhattan, yeah, uh, yeah, or where, Miami or what you know whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's one of those guys, one of those companies, at least one, in the D.C. area, and he's Moroccan, mm. and oh lord, he's good. And I met him by accident because we called his company to redo our shower in our little crappy little house in Maryland. And because he does everything, because he's got teams. Mm -hmm. I was so picky with these guys because I designed the layout of the, myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I sat down with their guy, their tile expert, and I designed the shower. This is what I want. I want it to look like it has a waterfall. You know, uh, rock running down it with, you know, nice uh, marble tile, blah, 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 right? Yep. Colors, the directions of the tiles, and they were the large tiles, 24 by 12. Yeah, that's what we're putting in on one of them. And uh, we put them vertically. That's what we're doing too? Oh, that was great. Yeah. And uh, it's a good look, isn't it? Yeah, and the aluminum edging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think you have to kind of. The Schluter edge, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, the their installers just weren't getting it. Mm. And I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> and the, at the price we were paying, you're going to do it right. Mm -hmm. So eventually that guy comes out. And he's the younger of the two brothers that own the company. And he was there 20 minutes. And it was perfect. Hmm. 
That's he's cool. like, you know, no, I get it. Yeah. This is an art to me. And then yeah. he gave me the exact analogy I was thinking, and it freaked me out. Um, it's kind of like baking bread. Mm. Anybody can do it, but you can tell. Mm-hmm. You get an artisan, a true craftsperson at baking bread, you know that too. Yeah, that's true. And they're so rare. Because I've gone, went to a monastery for monks that that's all they do. Hmm. Bake bread. There's one in Missouri. And you can go there and buy bread. And you can tell. Hmm. That'd be it's cool. A small monastery, handful of people that have passed down baking bread since almost America was America. They yeah. were about 60 years behind Washington, but anyway. Hmm. Do you know uh, in in Minneapolis, they have a bread festival every year, and they have competitions. And I was listening to one of the, I used to listen to the radio from there. I don't anymore because I've gotten way too woo-woo. But um, they're talking about these different breads, and then this one, and just like, the, the person said, a lot of people don't understand what it's like. Like, they think, oh, bread, okay, so you've got like, there's a hot dog bun type of bread. There's your regular, you know, wheat loaf bread, and then maybe a fancy sourdough bread, and you know that's or or something with a lot of like oats on it or something or whole grains like heavy on the seeds, and they're like there's so much more. And she was talking about this bread. She said it had the consistency and the density. When you cut it in half, it looked like you cut in half a mushroom, and this was after it was cooked. Like the they do something so that the bubbles are so, and she said it's more like a meat. She said the weirdest thing on earth, really delicious, but, and she said that was just like one example of how extreme this bread can go, you know, and I'm, oh, ever since I heard this description of these breads, like, can you imagine seeing a cooked loaf of bread that looked like a mushroom? I mean, it, it doesn't sound appetizing to me, but it also kind of sounds like maybe there's a you know, a really vast world of bread that we have no clue about. And that's where I kind of got fascinated with it. But that'd be cool. That's a cool thing with those monastery guys. Hey, they, they pick one thing and they do it. Yeah. Like beer, beer from monasteries is usually pretty good. Oh, yeah. So I've heard. I've never actually tried it, but. I've had two. Yeah. And very good. Mm, right on. Um, how flat can it be for you to get? Minnesota Public Radio. Oh, my Lord. Oh, uh, on the internet. They have an app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to donate because it's public-supported radio, right? And uh, I used to donate to them. I used to give them 10 bucks a month. They got a good app. The cool thing, like NPR, they, they, have, a, they have a couple of channels, like a classic one, a country one, or I think they call it Americana. Um, it's got some co- cool music there, but then there's one called The Current, and it's all... You hear songs on that six months before they're on the radio here. Like, they're really, they're combing the, the new recordings, this and that. And and they'll play the very eclectic um, adult contemporary music, I would call it. Like, it's not like, boy, you'll never hear like a boy pop band or some of the, like, auto-tuned crap that kids listen to nowadays. Like, none of that stuff, but where I kind of yeah, start like drawing. Yeah, kids have listened to since the 90s. Yeah, yeah. New Late kids 90s. on the block, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. They've their coverage of the COVID really was. 
it's a pain because it's like you know I, I I'm here for music, and when you come on all like regularly and it, tell me like oh blah blah blah, it's like I, I'm not here for the news, okay? I don't want to think about all this crap that's going on in the world, either regardless of whether I believe in COVID or not. I don't want to hear about it. I just want to listen to music while I'm working, and so and then they were big on the Lizzo. Do you know who Lizzo is? No. Oh, Google her. You'll see kind of what's wrong with the world today. Oh, I already know what's wrong with the world. Yeah. I'm just tired of the examples. Yeah. Okay, so don't Google her then. <laughs> She's a big uh, a big body positive black girl. Oh, that. Love her music. Her. Some of it. Some of it's really uh, sexist, actually. She's she's a bigot, 100%. Like. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, because all the smack-a-hoe crap <laughs> The black women have had to put up with. That's true. She should smack a rapper. You fat pig. Oh, she's nasty. (laughs) She bragged that, oh, what was it? Over Christmas, she gained like 30-some pounds. She was like, I feel so good. I gained this much weight. And it's like, she's really harming. Like, like the truth of the matter is, like, you know, I I am not for making people feel bad about anything, really. Unless it's a real problem, like... And even then, people don't change based out of feeling bad. They change out of feeling empowered, right? Like you can't mock somebody or shame some. Maybe sometimes you can, but it's not the best way to do it. But she's promoting obesity as a healthy way to live. Not as a healthy way, but an okay. And for someone like her, she's fat because she she chooses not to move and she chooses to eat too much, Right. She is fully able-bodied. She could go to the gym. She could exercise. Even less than that, she could just move around and do things, but she chooses to get fat. And she's like, this is okay. And it's not. It's really not okay. That's like saying smoking a pack of cigarettes is okay. It's not. From a health standpoint, it's horrible. And I always want to put this on social media, but then they'll probably shut it off. But this whole body positive movement hurts my eyes. It's disgusting. <laughs> you go to the mall and they've got like really plus size mannequins now. I'm like, we shouldn't be normalizing this because the vast majority of the human beings that are overweight are that way because of lack of discipline and laziness. Like full stop. And the number one risk to death in the world, well, North America, is obesity. You know, you got these fat people saying, put your mask on, get your vaccine. It's like, dude, you're more likely to die from being fat than I am from not having a mask on and not having a COVID vaccine. It's just so messed up. So anyways, that's, I've gone off off the rails there, but the Lizzo stuff was all the time. And I just get to the point where it's like, I can't listen to this anymore. I'm sorry. Not, Not interested. You're fat, you're gross, you're sexist, and yeah. Well, all you have to do, <clears throat> valiant listener, is Google image oldest living North Americans or oldest North Americans, and they all have something in common. Right? The oldest is a, what I call a first American. Um, I hate Native American because they came from Siberia. Um, but, <laughs> it's, it's you know, whatever, yeah. an Indian. Uh, very old, skinny. Mm-hmm. Oh, this African-American lady, skinny, 
you know, white person, skinny. Do you see a common thread there, people? Old is skinny. Fat, die young. Mm-hmm. Heart explode. Yeah. Arteries explode. Come on, people. I'm overweight and I hate it. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a burden. Yeah. Yeah, but you also have difficulty moving some days, (laughs) right? Like sometimes you can't walk. I my my fat came after I couldn't move. Not it's not the cause of it. Exactly. I was I had to get a minimum weight waiver to join the Air Force when Mm. I was eighteen, nineteen. That's that's funny. Yeah, I was ninety nine pounds when I was nineteen years old. Wow. And uh, I was one hundred and thirty pounds ten years later. Mm. And no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just at 130 pounds. So I should be a flyweight. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. And and you know what? Like like I say this stuff. Like I am I am I've got I'm overweight. Like just I'll say it honestly. Like I'm probably twenty pounds overweight. And that is a result of uh me eating too much food, uh drinking beer, right? Because that's a real recipe to to put weight on and not exercising enough. So the fact that, like, you know, I'm extra cuddly in the middle, <laughs> a built for comfort, not speed. <laughs> you know what? That is a lack of discipline on my part. Full stop. I take full and responsibility for it. We, this snowflake unions have, well, we, over time, we've changed. Everything has a cute name to it now. You're not fat. You're not pudgy. You have a dad bod. Yeah, I know the dad bod. <laughs> No, you done lapped, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your belly done lapped over your belt. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's what I'm tired of. We can't speak truthfully. Yes. Whether exactly. or not it's ill intended or in humor, or to your sister, your best friend, or your spouse, mm-hmm. you know, because I had friends back when I was in the military. You said the most incredibly awful crap to. And you knew it was with love because mm-hmm. that's the way you said stuff because we're a lot of people are hard-headed. There's a lot yeah. of alphas in the military. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, you know, Tommy, you might have a weight problem. <laughs> no, look, you fat piece of <laughs> garbage. <laughs> yeah. No, Go it's to the a, gym. Yeah. Our and, annual physical is coming up. Yeah. And, and see, we need that. Like, Yesterday, we went to, uh, so this whole week, there's a Strathmore Music Festival, Performing Arts Festival, and, like, the kids are doing, like, all kinds of stuff. We're busy. And then after yesterday, that also makes it difficult for me to get my uh, house renovation projects done. But yesterday, my daughter had three concerts she had to do, and the last one was, like, 4.30 in the afternoon, whip into the city because I need to buy a suit. And then we also went to... Uh, one of the motor Blackfoot Motorsports, one of the motorcycle dealerships, and they sell these track packs of random bolts. My boys needed them, and they're like, you know, you can get them for KTM and this and that, just because, I mean, you're riding around, bolts fall off when you're being rough in your vehicles, in your dirt bikes. And I'm well, at the all teal. They just fall off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're never designed to work. <laughs> um, I was at the till, and you know those uh, Strider bikes, they call them? Or. Uh, but little tiny bicycles without pedals so kids can walk, right? Have you Why seen those? just walk? Stride. 
No, ah. seriously. No, no, it actually does good for their balance. It actually, I'm, we got them before they were popular, like 10, 15 years ago. And kid goes to that and then they can balance themselves. And even before you can buy, find a bike that, that's small enough for them, they can ride one. Like I, I'm a fan of them. I don't think they should be a long-term thing, but if you're on a bike path and you got like a toddler who's two and he's got one of these things, he can actually keep up to you. You know, you don't have to walk slowly. You can't keep up to you if you're on a bike, but they learn their balance and they can cruise pretty good. Anyways. Are tiny wheels bad now? I don't, I don't know. I think they're stupid. I don't think you should ever need them. I never needed them. I got a bike from Sears. It's a little green. It had a banana seat and it was a real rad bike. And uh, my dad put me on it and I just rode. Road. I don't. I think training wheels are a crutch. The kids get used to them, and then they start riding. You know, they get used to the lean, and they get comfortable with it. And all of a sudden, when they're not leaning, something feels weird to them. I'm. I'm not a fan of training wheels. I think these Strider what bikes an expiry are expiry date on them. Good. And we had them put on us. I can remember. Yeah. All right. Here's your first bike. Training wheels. Yep. So you don't bust your onion because we're pre-helmet days. Uh, and they come off in one month. Yeah. But the Strider bikes get away from all that because the kids learn balance and they're not relying on some type of a savior at a certain lean angle. Because training wheels have to be off the ground or else, you know, the kid goes over a shoulder or something or flips them over. So I, I'm not like these Strider bikes are cool, but I'm at the till. I'm not and, in the cool category. I'm thinking, and I'm also thinking that. Not me today, but us in the 70s growing up. Oh, your parents can't afford a whole bike? Yeah. Fred Flintstone bike. Yeah, but it's not like... Kids are awful. (laughs) Yeah. You're talking about some hateful little people, children. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the deal. I I was at the till, and I see one of these Strider bikes, but guess what? It's electric. It's an E Strider bike. So designed for a kid with like a 10 inch inseam, 12 inch, like it's a tiny little bike with like 10 inch wheels with electric assist. And I looked at the lady until I said, is that seriously an, uh, an elect, an E Strider bike? She's like, yeah, they actually go really fast. And I'm like, and she was like a younger, probably, probably 25. I said, what is wrong with the world? And she looked at me like I was crazy. I said, no, literally. I said, a kid that small should be moving their legs all day long. And she goes, I don't think you're wrong. And I said, this is a problem with the world today. I said, here's the thing. I love motorbikes. I've got motorbikes. I love bicycles. When KTM makes an electronic motocross bike, I'm all for that. Or when Harley makes an electronic cruiser bike, I'm all for that because it's either gasoline or electric doesn't bother me. But when you go to the other side, and my other passion is my bicycles where you use human power to move you and they make those electric, I said, that's the problem with our world today. And she goes, you're totally right. And I could see her mind being opened up right there because at first she goes, I don't think you're wrong. And I was like, I said, but this is the worst of all. We have little toddlers who have more energy. This is a time in their life when they're developing and they need to move their bodies as much as they can in as many different ways as they can. And now they don't have to push themselves on these bikes. They just lift their legs up and throttle, twist the wrist. And she goes, oh, I said, this is bad. She goes, I don't think we should even sell them anymore. (laughs) And she totally did a flip turn, but... She never, ever thought about it. She goes, oh, yeah, they go really fast. They're pretty cool. I'm like, this is so bad. And she was like, 
walked away. She goes, you are so right. I cannot believe that we're doing this to children these days. <laughs> it's like, have a nice day. But yeah, just absolute pathetic and pathetic and pathetic. And then back to this like whole thing with, with health and, and, you know, my grandma was in a car accident. I don't know, maybe she's in her 40s. Result, it, really chronic pain. One leg is about two and a half inches shorter than the other. Just, it was really bad, right? And so naturally she, mobility for her is a struggle. And, you know, when you can't move and she didn't, she cooked a lot. She tried to watch what she ate, but she was overweight, like very overweight, but she lived to be like 94 or something and healthy as can be. And then she kind of started having some, some mental issues. And I don't, I don't, I think she just finally died of she's just slowing down. Right. Like it wasn't a heart attack, but you know, when people just say, yeah, die from old age when they just kind of, and it's amazing because she was 90 something years old, sweetest lady. Um, but you could tell, like, every time she went to stand up, it pained her, her knees. And she's had so many surgeries on knees. That's a different thing, right? And, and <clears throat> you know, people say, oh, don't fat shame people. And it's like, well, how do you tell people that are overweight because they're fat and lazy? Because, you know what I mean? Like, I feel bad for my boys, to tell you the truth. Like, this is getting a little... When I look at... We're out somewhere. Like, we went to Popeye's Chicken for dinner last night and when I see the the uh, I kind of look around and see other kids my boys age most of the girls are gross man like they are they're just it's like no you got to move yourself like you literally got 60 pounds of too much weight there and I'm like this is oh so sad wasn't like that when I was a kid when I was like a teenager and you know you start checking hey seeing who's who's cute and this and that. And it's like, man, now you look and we're at this, some of this performing arts is at high school. Oh dude, the, the boys are all skinny. They've got really droopy shoulders. Like they literally don't do anything really long necks. And the girls are all fat. Oh, it's, it's a generation of people that don't do things. You know, boys that sit there and play video games, like a bunch of retards and girls that just, Oh man, it's just, Maybe I'm way too judgmental. This is a hateful, hateful podcast. No, it isn't. It's hate speech, Todd. No, we're not saying we have to, you know, kill them get all, big bulldozers, and push them all into the <laughs> Grand Canyon and bury them. Yeah. It's just we're saying it's a um, unhealthy. Yeah, it's an unhealthy thing. Um, I don't even call it a lifestyle because I don't want to call it a lifestyle. Yeah, um, they're. And, and the other thing people think is bad is if you say, you know what, obese people, like I say, body positive hurts my eyes. People would flip out about that. But here's the thing. And, and everybody's like, oh, you can't, you can't uh, force women to be this particular body shape to be beautiful. It's like, yeah, you can. Like, it, like that is what looks good. I'm, I'm sorry. Like th that's literally what, what like the hormones and, and the biology, the physical makeup of a man, it's not a social construct. It's, it's just like, you know, there's a man and a woman. That's not a social construct. That's a biological truth. Same thing with, you know, you take a dude who works out, who eats well, who's very lean, you know, got, got good muscle definition. He looks better 
than a flat-chested, mild little belly sticking up, droopy shoulders dude playing video games. Stand them side by side in just swimsuits. Who looks better? Full stop. Same thing you get a woman who's very attractive, you know, not overweight, not too skinny. You know, put them beside that and beside Lizzo. Sorry, that's not a social construct. That That is biological attraction, like much better looking. You, know you what say that now. Me worse than that. What's that? The the guys who look at things worse than Lizzo and go, "Oh my God, she's hot." I gotta have you disgust me, sir. Yeah. I just want to take off my gauntlet and slap him. Yeah. I do. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I don't have a problem with some. Overweight people. I have a problem with some. Don't have a problem with some. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you got to take it individually. But my blanket thing is being overweight is unhealthy. There's no question about that. Um, if you're into science and not religion, well, we came from animals, and animals during mating season – don't look for the fat, ugly ones, do mm-hmm. they? No, mm-hmm. the brightly colored ones. Exactly. Anyway, um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And you can't outrun predators if you're fat. Nope. So you always want one fat friend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when, um, you're, when you're bear hunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you got to be fast than one person. Oh, well, the bear's got to like... Pizza and Fritos, because when that fat person starts sweating, <laughs> that's, that's right. all it's going to smell like. That's right. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing is that it's cultural, too. Like, there's certain, like, you look at uh, Eastern Europeans and stuff. Generally, they're bigger. And, you know, while we're thinking about it, like, we're, when you think about how you're eating and this and that, with like, I love Indian food, and then you eat it. It's so delicious. It tastes fresh. But I'm like, this is actually probably not good for you. And when you look at Indian people... I mean, with the exception, not people that live in poverty, but the 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 middle class people in India, they're a little bit chubby, like they yeah. they literally are, and that's just a cultural thing that has to do with and their diet. That's what their ancestors did. No, and that's what their I don't want to say their goal is, but because it, it's subconscious for the most part, <clears throat> they're they want to be successful. They want to have status. Mm-hmm. And then the less I have to do, the more successful I am. Yeah, that's true. You know, the more less moving around I have to do means I don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm successful. Yeah. And I can eat the better, richer foods and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And- oh, and we lived in Venezuela. Like, if you were fat, that was a sign of wealth. And the, the people would, there's this one kid, he's actually from Colombia, and his dad sent him to this school that, that is an American school in Venezuela. Um, his dad was a doctor and we called him Gordo, which means fat in Spanish. And he loved it. He loved the term and he overrate. He was like, uh, grade 11. He's probably 350, 400 pounds, like obese, very round face, very pudgy cheeks. He was such a funny guy. I was telling these jokes, but, oh, we had to call him Gordo. Said, hi, meet him. My name is Gordo. That's what he wanted to be called. He wanted to be called fat. And he's like, my dad is rich and I am fat. And he's so proud of it, right? And it's just kind of odd. You got a bunch of all the Americans are like, 
that's that's weird, man. If your dad's rich, you should be playing tennis and skiing. <laughs> you know, like not that, but interesting how culture has different perspectives on that too. But yeah. in general, I think the culture that North America's heading, where it's like, oh, just accept every body shape as good, it's an unhealthy thing. And like fully, you know what? People are people. You need to be good to people. You shouldn't make people feel bad. But you should always strive to help people be the best they can be. And fat is not the best. You can do better than obese. Better than you climb three flights of stairs and I got to stop for a minute. Like that is bad for your body. And you don't have to be like an Olympian. You don't have to run marathons. I think those people are equally as gross looking. It's like here's a bag. Of, here's a two jugs of milk. Can you carry that? No. <laughs> I mean, I know you can run 26 miles really fast, but you can't lift anything. It's all kind of sprinters as well as, you know. Yeah. But it just, man, I wish people would think about the implications of being lazy and then making it a social justice thing. Uh, but body positive. <laughs> Love my body. Oh, gross. Yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings to the point where they, <clears throat> you know, go put a gun in their mouth. But Well, wait. There's one person I'd like to do that to. How dare you? <laughs> but, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait a minute. You know, now that I really stop and think about it, everybody <clears throat> should be however they want to be. You know, if you want to be a fat pig, go ahead. You know, you're cool. If you want to be gay, go ahead. April Fools. <laughs> 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 I forgot what I forgot we're recording on that day. Now That's it's funny. a hateful podcast. That's right. That's right. Uh just kidding, people. Just kidding. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. I'm gonna keep it up with popular times. Uh Will Smith, Chris Rock, do you think that was staged? I didn't even I know Will slapped him, I know why. You didn't see it? I didn't see it, so I can't tell. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I think if I saw it, I could tell. The thing is, I don't care. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Um, <laughs> Will's discovery thing didn't go all that well. What was that? Um, he did a show for Nat Geo or Discovery or whatever. Oh, really? Where he toured the Earth and did <clears throat> cool stuff. Um, I didn't know that. It didn't do very well in the ratings for what they paid him because hmm. uh, he's Will Smith. Chris Rock, who da, who's he now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be honest. I've seen a bunch of stuff with Chris Rock. I think he peaked a long time ago, and I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah, yeah. How much for one rib? But, you know, it was hilarious. They They could never do that movie today, but, oh, my God, they should be able to. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the funniest movies ever. <clears throat> but, I haven't seen it. But. Oh, it's... Oh, it would not be made today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's that... It's a lot of the movie's stupid because that's what they're going for. Mm. It was a parody of black exploitation movies, mm. sort of. Mm. The modern twist, modern for that day. But then they did a lot of just... They let comedians be comedians. Yeah. Like Chris had a lot to do with that scene. You know, that's him. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the funniest segments ever. 
I'll tell you another one. Another segment that's one of the funniest things that's ever been put on film. And that's, believe it or not, Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. Before she became fat, liberal, stupid Whoopi, right? I can't stand that guy. Because she wasn't back then. And yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, Hollywood got to her because she was so irrelevant for 15 years or mm-hmm. more. Yeah. She had to crawl, claw her way out of irrelevancy through the view. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, which is still irrelevant, so whatever. <clears throat> <clears throat> and the two people that have left the view because um, they looked around one day and said, and I'm sorry, but one of them actually said this. You bitches are stupid. <laughs> I'm leaving. Mm. And now she's hosts uh, uh, a very popular game show. Uh, anyway, the uh, she's still liberal, but she's not stupid. Mm. And not not all of any party are bad. They, you know, they're very, she's very well intended. She's got some good. Uh, believe it or not, people, even if you're, I don't care how conservative you are, if you believe in the fire department, the school system, the police, those are social programs. Mm-hmm. That's liberalism. Just mm-hmm. get over it, will you? Um, we can take a little bit of both <clears throat> sides, and what do you get? Oh, I don't know, the metal, mm-hmm. which is where most people are. You know, yeah. the government needs to be tiny and out of people's business. Yeah, that's a problem. But they can't be revenue increasing if they are. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, I got, since I'm kind of stuck right now, I was watching some stuff about uh, uh, corrupt law enforcement. Uh, particularly revenue-producing law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And there's a town in Alabama that just got smacked. Uh, Alabama State actually passed a law now because of this city that was um, way out of control mm. as far as writing tickets and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, But that got me all fired up this week because... I'm pro-law enforcement as much as I am anti-law enforcement. Because mm-hmm. there's good and bad. I, I think know. most cops are benign until there's a bad cop and all those benign guys don't say nothing, then they become bad cop. Yeah. And somebody used the example uh, with Joe Rogan – and I wanted Joe to slap this guy, literally. Get up, walk around, and slap him as hard as you can. Pull he said, path. well, it's kind of like, you know, battered wife syndrome when those other cops don't turn in there. No, it ain't. Battered wife syndrome is when it's the um, victim of those bad cops that are scared to go to the good cops because they don't know they're good cops. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. battered wife syndrome, you yeah, yeah. Doofus. I probably feel the same way you do, although I'm more anti-cop than I am pro-cop, just because of the RCMP. They're so dirty. They're so corrupt. 
They are Canada's most corrupt political party, and that's what they are. They literally make laws. And for some reason, we sit back and let them. I freaking hate the RCMP. Hate them. Like, I'm so close to getting ACAB tattooed on my hands. I do not like cops. You know what really bothers me with all this Wuhan crap and this stupid stuff? They forced the, the city police service, city of Calgary police service, to have their officers ma- vaccinated. Wow, what a stupid. It's all going to come out. That, that was a really retarded thing to do. Uh, it was detrimental. It's it's unhealthy. It's bad for you. In two years, you won't be allowed to get this stupid uh, gene therapy. Okay, We're not going to call it a vaccine because it gives it more credit than it deserves. But anyways, all the senior cops are like, no, you know what? I'm not interested in that. I'm a healthy person. I don't feel I'm at risk. I'm willing to take the risk to get this COVID disease and still serve my community. I'll do the testing to make sure that I'm not handing it out to anybody, but I'm not going to get vaccinated. You're fired, right? And now the city of Calgary, the average age of the police officers, when they brought in this requirement to be vaccinated, overnight, the average age of police officer, it dropped by like 17 years. And you know what? Some people are like, so what about that? It's like, okay, that is 17 years of experience dealing with societal troubles, dealing with drunk, crazy people, dealing with menace bums, dealing with wife beaters, dealing with gangs. You've got all this experience dealing with the bad part of society. And the government say, oh, it's best to lose that experience for the sake of get a shot, get your jab. And I'm like, wow. So now like the city of Calgary police, dang, man, if you get pulled over, look out. You got a bunch of young punks trying to prove themselves. And the problem I have with police is that they are so heavy manipulated by politicians, uh, by dirty politics, like like the, the Ottawa police. You know, they literally trampled over people that were protesting the mandates because Justine Trudy is a coward. And they were within every reasonable right. They were doing nothing wrong. And these freaking popo are obedient instead of righteous. Same thing with Nazis. Nazis were the police. They were the military. And they obeyed orders. They didn't do what was right. They just obeyed. And that's the problem is that all these police officers, I appreciate what you're, what you're trying to do. I, I appreciate the sentiment. You're trying to help society. I truly believe that they want to do what is right. But that happens on an individual level. And when your government tells you to do something wrong, you have to say no. And the police don't do that. They're obedient little boys that do bad things just like the Nazis. All cops are bastards. That's kind of where I'm at with it. (laughs) Plus, they gave you speeding tickets if you drive too fast. It's like just having fun, dude. Not hurting anybody. There's nobody on the road. Anyways, that was pretty, pretty intense. (sighs) You know what? I was talking to my neighbor about Ukraine. Speaking of Nazis, do you know what all the kerfuffle is in Ukraine right now? About. Um, I don't know. Could it be a bunch of Russians? Nazis. Kind of came over for a party one Saturday and just didn't leave? No. It's not that. I think it is. Mm-mm. Pretty sure it is. 
That's what the media shows. Oh, come on. I'm not joking. I, I, I refuse so, to believe, um, specifically based, I don't care if he's Jesus Christ, the um, opinion of one Ukrainian that's getting his information secondhand, <clears throat> that, yep, while Russia might have invaded Ukraine, it's the Nazi party that's the real problem. Who are you talking about? I'm just saying. Like, here's my deal is that my next door neighbor moved from Ukraine eight years ago. He talks to his parents two times a day, and he's always frustrated because in the morning they're like, yeah, you know what, we're going to leave. And then by the time the evening comes around, he's like, oh, no, everything's fine here. We're good. And uh, he, like, last year he bought a big old fifth wheel. It was in storage. And so he actually went and took out in storage and brought it to his acreage because, uh, you know, as, as refugees, they can just come into Canada and just open the floodgates, right? Because everybody's, you know, that's what, uh, that's what the narrative is supposed to be. And, but, you know, it's funny because he's like, I don't want that. And he, he, whatever you believe, I, here's my thing is I've been lied to by the media way, way too many times for me to believe a damn thing they say. Not one. I've got clips that I've stored of like, you get this vaccine and instantly the virus stops. You cannot transmit it instantly. And, and that's these guys. And the next thing you're saying is this. And now they're saying, well, maybe kids shouldn't get the booster shots. And it's like, man, you have no clue. Like this is full on mental retardation on a screen. So I, I'm a zero, a hundred percent. If it's a mass media, there are ways that peer to peer sharing is interesting. And the, they, they try and shut it down. It, it's under scrutiny from the governments because the governments want to control everything. I think we both agree on that. But peer-to-peer sharing and then just messages. A text message that had a video from Ukraine. That I am going to believe more than I am going to believe what the media shows you. And if you've seen some of the videos that I've seen, you would kind of shake your head and go, are you freaking kidding me? You know, people got to realize, too, is that what was only a couple years ago, Ukraine invaded a city in Russia, right? I mean, for the last 10 years, Ukraine has been pissing off Russia. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not, I'm not saying Ukraine's a bad guy. I'm not saying Russia's a bad guy. I'm saying they're both bad guys. And it's being painted like this, this president of, of Ukraine is some war hero. And he's like, oh, he's a Winston Churchill of modern day. No, bullshit. And then, yeah, Putin's not a good dude, but neither is this other, what, what's his, the guy's name from Ukraine again? I forget his name. The Joker. Yeah, the Joker, the comedian. <sighs> this guy, the, the president of Ukraine, I mean, have you seen how many houses he has and how many different places in the world? He's, <laughs> he's like one of the top guys in the mob there, like full on, 100%. And people are just like, oh, it's like, what the media shows you is just utter bullshit. And there was, here's, here's the thing is that there's a, uh, a very strong remaining Nazi party uh, belief system in Ukraine. And that's a fact. Uh, when they have some of the Ukrainian, the pro-Ukrainian rallies here in North America, including in Canada, uh, some of the flags, instead of white and blue, it'll be black and red. And that is the Ukrainian Nazi party. And that's, you, there's no, I mean, that's a fact. Even other media sources will be like, yeah, yes, we had some extremists there. 
Um, but my next door neighbor, his friends are in the government. And he says, the problem is that the Nazi party has so much power. And he says, here's the real problem with these refugees is that what if they let a bunch of Nazis in here? A bunch of extreme Nazists. I don't know. I don't know. But the narrative, like, like, I don't know. I think you and I are on different pages here. I think you believe the narrative that the media is telling you. No, I don't. But you don't believe the Nazi stuff. I didn't say I don't believe there aren't Nazis. Uh, I, I don't believe, ah, I didn't say I don't believe that there isn't a Ukrainian Nazi party. Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you is I don't believe that the Ukrainian Nazi party is the only or largest problem that Ukraine has right now. No. no I, That's I all I'm saying. I agree. It's a problem, Yeah, but it's not the only or largest. And like I told you in that text, fascists don't, you know, grow roots in a country with no problems. You know, they're at this level, this beginning kind of level, they're all cowardice, sort of. Mm. You know, yeah, they can smash and break um, storefronts of old, cripple, skinny, weak people. You know, they're not going to go bum rush the Soviet army barracks of the Spetsnaz, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, this is how, and then, and they get enough a loud enough voice, they start blaming a single entity, whether they are guilty or not, just to give the people who need something to hate, something to blame, something to blame. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in you know the late thirties mm-hmm. and other times around the world, and it could very well happen in the Ukraine successfully, or it couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. all I'm saying is I don't think the Ukrainian Nazi party is the only or largest problem they got right now. Um, I think their own government is one of their. Yeah, but there's a lot of people in the government that are in the Nazi party. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but they're. Oh, it's all corrupt. It's all corrupt. Like even Moscow, you know what? Like when I lived in, in Moscow, I, we got arrested all the time and they'd arrest you and you'd have to buy them cigarettes and then they'd let you go. And it, it was just, we were warned about that. Said so just so you know, the police, um, they're going to arrest you. You're going to have to buy them cigarettes and let you go. And finally, once I had learned enough Russian, I was there for a while and I kind of got sick of this. And I asked the guy, I said, listen, why do you keep doing this to us? Like they, you get off the subway, you come upstairs from the tunnel, you, you know, a thousand flights of stairs you've been crawling up. There's a guard there. He's got an AK. He's got, you know, a couple of them. And like this, he'll point at you. This uh, Madrid, Treve. And you're like, oh, crap again. So you walk up there. He's like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I know I'm under arrest. I got, let's go get some. So you just go, okay. You walk up to him and they say, you give him a motion. And then they follow you. And you go to the, like, it's 10 steps away. And they got a little kid there selling cigarettes. You buy a couple packs of cigarettes. You give them to him. Harasho, harasho. Basvinadie. You know? And that's how it is. I remember one time I asked him, I said, why do you do this to us? Like, why do you keep doing this to us? And he said, the government pretends to pay us and we pretend to work. And I like to smoke. And it's so corrupt. Like, it's corrupt all over. 
you know, I, I had to go, I taught like, uh, I went into the school system there and I taught a basic computer <laughs> program to these kids. These, uh, I think they're like grade four, because the, the, the Russian teachers, they didn't know much about computers, so I would be at the front and they well, would kind of translate. So you're the genesis of this, these big uh, Russian hacking farms, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I don't think so, Todd. I taught them how to type. Well, that's <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, Jeremy taught them how to yeah. type. But we go in there, and I'd talk to the teachers. And some of these teachers hadn't been paid for two years, not a paycheck. And I said, well, why do you keep doing this? And they said, well, if all of a sudden the money comes back, I want to make sure my job's still here. They're afraid to quit so that if there is money... And they come back and say, oh, okay, you're paying now? It's like, nope, you quit. Your job's gone. And so they literally, they live in this horrible, you know, it's like literally one-bedroom flats. Like, I've been in a bunch of them. And it's, you know, the family sleeps there. There's the dad, the mom on beds on this side of the room, the kids on that side of the room, the kitchen's on the other side of the room, and there's one bathroom. And sometimes, if they're lucky, they've got a shower. But the reason for that, and, and these people get up every single day and go to jobs. And it's not like they have low-paying jobs. It's that they have government jobs and they don't get paid. And then all of a sudden there'll be something at Christmas time that will help float them for a bit. But it's just, it is so corrupt in, in, in Russia, in all the, the former USSR. It's a hard thing to break out of communism. And, and man, it's just a hard transition. You communism, know? I know when I went there uh, officially and then uh, before the fall of the wall, at that time, Communism was just the boogeyman to keep the people in line. The higher up the food chain you went, it was all about what can I squirrel away? What kind of power mm-hmm. can I have and what kind of assets can I squirrel away? Exactly. How much influence can I get? How much dirt can I get on other people? So they either do what I tell them or don't tell on me what I do. Mm-hmm. And then where do I bury the bodies? And then get enough money so that once you're done working, you can go retire in a different part of the world where nobody will ask you questions. Yeah, and I mean, you spend 30 years trying to formulate your exit plan. Mm-hmm. Cause, and again, this is higher up you go because um, we lost count trying to study it. How many people Vladimir Putin killed mm-hmm. that were trying to execute their exit plan oh, you yeah. know, that were part of his network mm-hmm. and he just kill them and you know absorb their wealth yeah. and power and, and influence and so inter- you get what you got now mm-hmm. um the people don't want him no i'm sure whether or not they actually do vote um and the votes actually do get counted he wins because he's vladimir putin everybody's scared not to let him win yeah and the way he did stuff was brutal too like if he Say if he knew a guy that he wanted, one of his targets lived in, you know, an apartment building with 12 suites in it, the entire building was destroyed. Everyone in it. Like, the, the collateral damage to him didn't mean a thing. Well, he He's, had a mentor growing up, right? Yeah. And this guy just, he grew Vladimir Putin, right? Yeah. Made him everything he was. And, well... Vladimir wanted to be the head of the KGB, and this guy was in that behind that desk. Mm-hmm. Owed him everything. Just had him killed. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's so. I mean, yeah, I know it's a weird. You, I, I guess you know the where I'm at with the whole Ukraine Russia thing. 
is it's not what the media shows. I think there's some weird stuff, and I don't know the other side. Uh, when I think about, okay, is the Nazi party responsible for it? Well, what's their end game? Like, uh, I think I think there's people in the Ukrainian government that are still fighting Russia. And I, I think it's like you say, the higher up you go, the more you're, they're doing it for personal interests, right? Yeah. And Vladimir yeah. Putin's evil. The, the, the leadership of Ukraine is evil. And incidentally, a war broke out because that's what they do. When you own an army and you own an army, the higher up you get, it's just, ah, they're playing chess with their military personnel and every citizen civilian that dies is just ah, who cares who really cares we've never cared about people so why would we start now what are you gonna say oh uh, yeah i was gonna say you know how um your princess uh <laughs> family has most of their money justine and yeah princess justine Mm -hmm. um, well, there's some people in power in my country right now who's uh, indirect personal wealth comes from or through the Ukraine hmm. or whose son might have a lot to do with. Yes. Um, so, and if the left controls most of our media narrative, they're gonna paint Ukraine in a positive light as the as the victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, poor it's... little Ukraine. One, they're not as little as you think. I actually had somebody tell me, "Oh, it's the you know Ukraine's the size of Kansas. How can they do all this stuff?" <laughs> if you look at a map, you moron, yeah, yeah. it's the size of the entire Northeast, yeah. all the way over to the Great Lakes. Anyway, now it's funny shaped, but still. Yeah. Oh, why is it so funny? Why is the shape so funny? I don't know, because they kept expanding into parts of Russia they didn't own. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, Putin would like, uh, he's always wanted uh, uh, Chernobyl back. Yep. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? He owes <clears throat> some people some uh, dirty water, some heavy water. Yeah. So yeah. they make dirty bombs. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, hey. It's interesting how what you see and how what it seems most everyone around you perceives to be what's going on and to some people it's just plain that that's not the full story. That's not the truth. You know, the the same thing with this whole covid like my so many people think what the media says is it. And like I looked around, we're at this festival. You don't have to wear a mask. Um, you've been to quite a few social things and it's like you're hanging out with people. There's no restrictions. There's not, I'm like, literally, like three months ago, we would have been, they may have tried to give us a ticket. This was technically illegal. This wasn't allowed. I'm like, what changed between here and then? The only thing that actually changed was what the media was telling you. Like, man, just, it's crazy. I think this is how uh, the thing, the way COVID was, was treated, <clears throat> I think, with the media. Um, that's how any of the, you know, the polio outbreak, the 
flu pandemic of 1919, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how it would have been in the media if we had instant world, global reach like we mm-hmm. do now. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's a tool. It's a weapon uh, to these uh, media conglomerates because it's all about um, eyes on screen, advertising dollar, and in the background, um, political views. Yeah, yeah. Because no matter what other some people say, um, those advertising dollars are still more important than a political view. It just so happens that most of the advertising dollars are owned by the same political view. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Now, if all of the if Johnson and Johnson was owned <clears throat> by a conservative, oh my God, it'd be different. No, oh, yeah, true would. But you know. Yep. Yep, it's a crazy world we live in, Todd. Yeah, it all, you know, it hasn't always been, but no, I think it has. The Garden of no, Eden that wasn't think it's crazy. It's always been crazy everywhere. But in the biblical record it sure has been. Well, there you know, there's some, you know, peaceful group of guys walking around. Now they weren't always in a peaceful place and they weren't always treated peacefully. But they were at peace. At least oh, yeah. twelve of them. No, no, even back like the Garden of Eden, things were great. Ever since the fall of man, sin. It's been a, it's been the exact same world. You read some of the crap that goes down the Old Testament, man. It makes you freak your bean. People sacrificing their babies to gods, drunken debauchery, like horrible. And it, it's funny because, like, if you ever start reading through the Old Testament, you're like, holy crap! I thought we live in a crazy time. <laughs> it's called the sinful nature of man, and it's always the same. Can you imagine if we had the internet. In the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a Tide Pod challenge, we'd have, you know, a stab your baby challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not <laughs> trying to make light of it. I'm just saying that's how idiotic the human race is. Yeah, yeah. You know, without a guiding influence in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we have, a, we have free will, we have a soul, um, but we're missing... One piece, and it's up to us to go find it. Yep. You betcha. And you know what it isn't? A bag of uh, chips in your fat lap playing Call of Duty. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you know what? Okay, real quickly, we've got to wrap this up. But, man, I'm anti-video game, like 100%. Uh, anti uh, I'm not going to say his name. He left a comment on, um, if you were to go through my socials, you'd see it. It wasn't a DM, but a gentleman that I respect, he's really makes a lot of cool things. And, um, but I noticed like he had a YouTube channel, uh, used to always put stuff out on Instagram. Uh, I actually went and hung out with Jimmy Darista, um, and he stopped sharing things and he, he lives close ish to me. And, uh, Anyways, he commented on my hand sanding machine. He goes, dude, that's so awesome. I've been wanting to make one of those for a long time. But he goes, unfortunately, I'm back into my video game addiction and haven't been out in the shop in months. I'm like, oh, dude. But he said that. Like, I mean, I'm anti-video game, but the way, and that was pretty much the exact way that he worded it. And I'm like, he literally sounds like he has trouble 
leaving the game. Like his mind thinks that game is so important that he can't go and set it down. You has to. Oh, I, I felt bad I, instantly when I read that. I felt sick. I'm like, I hate video games, but man, this seems like a deeper level. You know, there's people that question whether you can have an addiction to something like that, and I truly do think you can. But no, that's sad. So I will remain 100% anti-video games. If I see some, you know, all the dumb comments, well, not all of them, but. You know about how old this gentleman is? Yeah. I do. He's he's a man. No, I mean, is he like younger kids. than you in between our ages? Say, probably around my age. I think his kids might be younger than me. Okay. Um, Sad. So it'd be safe to say. He's not just an adult. He's a grown-ass man. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he can't put down the joystick. Mm -hmm. You got a bigger problem than just saying, I have a video game addiction. Yeah. Dude, no, you need a good old-fashioned um, Vito Corleone slap. Yeah. Bring Will Smith You can in. act like a man. Yeah. Get Will yeah. Smith in here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's oh, crazy. You know, maybe they just did it so that they have the meme of the week. Yeah. I, I got to say, this is one video was put up of this one of these channels that just does this. It's like, Will Smith smacks everything. And so it's just got all these different situations. Like, and the way they edit it, it's so funny. And then he, like, so they, like all these things are perceived as bad. He walks up, smash them, and then there's things that are questionable, smashes them. And they, oh, it's actually really funny, but. Uh, the They have... Somebody at the uh, at the event. It wasn't a Hollywood person. It was one of the production staff, young, probably a key grip or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did what is recorded to, or what is being purported to be the very first meme of the slap. Oh, really? And it is freaking hilarious. It's so simple. It's the slap, right? Right at the moment of the slap, took that screenshot over Chris Rock's face. It's like, uh, we're going to be a hot meme for a week. And Will Smith slapping him saying, it's too soon. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, it's hilarious. Yep. And then <clears throat> now Chris Rock saying, oh, I won't. I don't know if I'm going to prosecute. Doesn't matter. The uh, Well, he said I'm, he wasn't going to press charges, but... The, you don't have to in that state. The uh, prosecutor can still have him arrested. Really? Will Smith arrested and have him prosecuted. And it ain't like there's not proof. There's not <laughs> like there's no witnesses. You assaulted a man. That's right. Just because he insulted your wife, who's a public figure. By the way. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. No. No, it wasn't. It was almost a respectful jab. But yeah. Anyway. And I like what uh, I actually I don't like I don't like the guy had to say it or had the ability to say it. You know, um, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock is less about the joke and more about what's going on in Will Smith's life right now. Hmm. When he has to go up on stage and slap somebody in front of the world to defend a wife who walks out on you or steps out on you publicly. Mm. She publicly dates other men. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't even know who she was. Before oh yeah. Slapped. She's a big star. <clears throat> um, in fact, for a while, bigger than Will Smith, but 
whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Well, we should wrap it up right there. I got to get to work. And then uh, hopefully we can have a show next week. Maybe not because I might. Uh, I got a certain deadline on this. This work okay. we're doing to our house. I mean, if we don't, we'll that's see. fine. You yeah. Got, I, I think what you're doing is important. And I'm yeah. looking, I'm actually looking forward to what you're going to do. Later, later, later. Later, later. Yeah, me too. I'm stoked. So stoked. That cave. Yeah. Either want it all done or, you know, the worst is the limbo. Like this is an option, not knowing either way. All I want is that, yes, this is going to happen. Or I, no, it's not going to happen now. I'm happy as a pig in mud on both options. I just like to get to that, like, you know what I mean? When you kind of make a decision, you go down the road and you're not 100% sure that it's going to work out, but you're still going down the road. You have to go down the road. That's the worst part is the waiting for the yes or the no. And it's not like either one of them is bad things. So anyways, yeah. the audience doesn't know what we're talking about, but they'll figure it out sooner or later. Yeah. But thank you all for listening. And we may or may not catch you next week. I really, really enjoyed recording this episode for you folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. April Fool. <laughs> we care about what you think. <laughs> April Fool. That's right. Right on. Go out and prank somebody today. <laughs>